Ciao, ciao, everybody, and welcome to this amazing, wonderful episode of Jallo Chow Chow, the All Jallo Show, where, where we take Jallo and we stick it in your keister. <laughs> Ouch. Politely. <laughs> Meaning Eric spits on it. Yes, we, do, the, it, we do it very carefully. That's the polite yes. part? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then we cuddle afterwards. Yeah. Ooh. And then we say thank you. Mm-hmm. Always thank you. We wipe our feet before we leave or <laughs> enter or something. <laughs> before so, we leave, after making the mess. Yeah. <laughs> and if this is your first am, time listening to us. Oh, if this thanks. is the first time you're listening to us, I am we're, horribly sorry. We're really sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're, nice we're, to meet you. We're extending really the politeness. Oh, that that was good too. Um, nice. I am really sorry. And to my left, uh, who's on your left? Uh, it'll be me. It's me. It's Chris from Jallowscore.com. Ah ah ah. You would think you're on the left hand side. <laughs> you pass the dochi. You like Hillary Clinton mailbox lover. <laughs> you like to get dochis passed to you. I do. And that's Eric. <laughs> On the right. That's me. Hola, everyone. Hola. Bilingual. That's right. So I learned a couple words. Oh, tell me what other words you learned. Because you went to Mexico, right? Isn't that why we didn't do a show like a year ago? <laughs> <laughs> Among other things. Uh, as soon as I returned, I got ghastly sick. And my computer didn't want to turn on. I guess the power supply was racked. So just piling on, piling it on. Blame me. But uh, Mexico itself was great. I posted a picture. I think some people saw it. That they actually sell J&B mixed with ginger ale in their convenience stores. Their tiendas. So I indulged in some of that. But uh, it was mostly just relaxing and not watching any movies or reading a whole lot. Where did you so go, I, sir? Are, are you allowed to tell us? Uh, the, I think the cartels would be okay with it now. <laughs> I think they cleared me. 
but it was in Mazatlan. Ooh. Mazatlan. You are a fancy fucker, sir. Is that west or east? It's south of here, west. you idiot. No, I mean, which part of Mexico <laughs> is it? West south. or east? West coast, well, really kind of across the bay from the Baja Peninsula. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Never been that way. It, I like it a little better on that side. You get you get the waves. Oh, cool. That's where Gosh. they try to make everyone take their senior trips in uh-huh. high schools out here. You oh, go really? to Mazalan. Yeah. Yeah. They treat you good there. Well, everybody on our coast takes their senior trips in Cancun. So uh, they, they is... don't go to the Poconos. No. <laughs> Why would you go to the Poconos? It's cold. <laughs> that was my honeymoon spot. Was it? Oh yeah. That's awesome. In September? Oh, so beautiful. Did you go to the place where they have the great big um, champagne glass that you can sit in, which is like a tub or something? No. Oh, oh my God. That sounds, that sounds made up. No, it's true. It's Look it up. <laughs> it's a bathtub that's shaped like a champagne glass? Yep. Bubble is bath. Is there champagne in it? No, it's like a bathtub, and it, fit, it fits two people. It's big enough for two people. Oh, so it means it's big enough for me. That's perfect. They have a... <laughs> Unsanitary. <laughs> they have like all the theme rooms at these uh, hotels up in the Poconos, like the jungle theme. And oh my god, it's crazy! Mirrors uh, on the ceilings. Kind of jealous. Is that where um, Chucky and Bride of Chucky went? And they <laughs> did it and killed that guy with the champagne bottle and the mirrored ceiling. I don't know, but I'm so glad I never watched any of those movies. Oh, you are missing out, dude. Uh, Bride of Chucky is forget it. seriously a classic, a modern classic. <laughs> if I you're a fan of now. Chucky films, check out the latest episode of Wrestling with Friends, where <laughs> okay. we talk a little bit about Chucky in WCW. Wow. <laughs> cross plug. Oh, my gosh. A little cross plugging. Why not? Yeah. Hey, man. You got to pimp it out. Mm-hmm. There's some clubs out here that you could go to if you're into cross plugging. <laughs> not cross pegging right <laughs> it's a different scene that sounds like a weird catholic um thing <laughs> cross Richard, pegging. Yeah. yeah it sounds rough <laughs> it does well this show got dark super fast it doesn't take much let's lighten it up yeah let's lighten it up i got a new car beep beep yeah it's a it's a Honda Element. It's my first foreign car. Pretty it's not quite a f- about that. Fiat. No, it's um the size of me. It's oh. super thick and wide and stocky. Yeah. And it has a suicide door. So <laughs> it's exactly like me. You gotta have a way out somewhere. Yeah. It has a back wiper, just like me. So everything's good. I'm digging sticky, it. Sticky, sticky days. I will say that sitting at the dealership all day was about as fun as stabbing myself in the eyeball repeatedly <laughs> with, I don't know, things that aren't very sharp. I was having a really hard time in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. those are yeah. What, That's one of those things in life that you, you know, you just have to... Uh, pray it doesn't happen too often to you stabbing yourself yeah in the eyeball that well too, I, yeah. I hear that the honda element if it's taken care of could go up to five hundred thousand miles 
So I'm pretty much deciding that I'm going to be buried in that car. <laughs> so I'm never going to buy another car again. After visiting Chris and I numerous times. Yeah, I can do that in my Honda Element. Yeah, Good. I mean, if you guys are going to drive out for the Jalo uh, Festival in New York, you bring the yeah. Element. You'll pick and me up on the way. And just so you guys know, those Honda guys aren't that helpful. That's all just commercials. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. Um, let me see. Um, since Eric made a joke of it earlier, the second Shallow Jalo book came out. Yay! Relapse of the Crystal Pubis. Surprised it wasn't prolapse of the crystal pubis. No, that's Ooh. prolapse of the wooden anus. Oh. It's a different book. Wow. <laughs> Pre-order that one. But uh, um, yeah, and it has uh, the cover of the third book, the tainted thorax of the tarantula. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, can't wait for that one. That's awesome. There, there's a guy in it called the Slingshot. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um, but just on a little side note about all that fun Jalo stuff, um, there's a podcast called um, Grind Pulp. Oh, I was going to bring they, that up. Okay, cool. They, they reviewed the book. It was kind of cool. They did, wow. and they uh, they dropped our podcast. They dropped my yep. website. So uh, we uh, we we thanked them. Gen- uh, we thank them generously. That's not the right phrase. We thank them um, <laughs> genially. Okay, sure. If you want to go genitally. with the, if you want to go Wait. genitally, we thank them with our genitals. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So I was just I listening. Just laughed, to, I listened I'm just to their lis- book more than um, a woman in lizard skin. A lizard and a woman skin. <laughs> no, a woman in lizard skin. It's got that chick in it, right? That film. Balka. I don't think I've read that one. No, not the book, the movie. Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Yeah, I'm being a dick. Come on, guys. <laughs> Catch up. Mustard. Yeah, I just yes. um I just listened to the Lizard and Woman's Skin podcast today and then I listened to a bit of the uh, the fiction cast uh, right after. So that was pretty cool. Glad to have those guys um, listening to us and yeah, we're doing do some cross plugging again. There is that cross plug again. Yeah, look out, Eric Spit. <laughs> I like making new friends. <laughs> <laughs> you guys paint me in a bad way. I'm sorry. Wow, that was some dead air there. It was. Yeah, it, it's been a while. Wait, why, why are people listening to our show? <laughs> you know, did we talk about Jalo yet? No. Because they oh. like those um, suspenseful pauses. That's right. Well, yeah. I, I yeah. wanted to... We are a bit rusty. Uh, I wanted to say um, hello to some new Twitter followers that Jalo Score has. A couple of high-profile guys. Um, number one is uh, Nigel Wingrove, who is the founder of Redemption Films. Nice. He's following uh, Jalo Score and... The um, famous film composer of Argento's Phenomena, Simon Boswell, is following me. So, or following Jalo score, not me. So I was uh, pretty kind of taken aback seeing those two come in. 
and being like, wow, that's kind of cool. So, um, unfortunately for those guys, I haven't put anything on, on the Twitter for quite a while, uh, other than, you know, whenever I update the site or whenever we have a new podcast. So again, in quite a while. Uh, so, um, but it was nice to see those guys, uh, and, uh, yeah. all the other Twitter followers that are kind of coming along for the ride here. I don't know how yeah, many of them. You can't just like the famous Twitter followers. No, I like them all. You gotta like everybody. I just thought yeah. it was interesting that they're, that these guys were, uh, were out there. And, um, what else? I got that, uh, I got that book. Um, I wish I could remember the, how the, is it? the author's name. Um, that sucks that I don't remember his name right now off the top of my head and I didn't look it up. Um, it's great. I mean, look, when I was, I can't even remember how old I was. I know I was still living at my mom's house. So like 35, no, just kidding. So like, um, <laughs> I don't remember. It, it was, it was a nice spring, like late spring day and the, the mail came and I opened up the, the package and it was Adrian Luther Smith's Blood and Black Lace. Uh, the, the, the paperback, the, the large print paperback. And um, I ordered it, even at that point, not knowing really what Giallo was or what it was all about, but basically because I had heard of Argento, I had heard of Mario Bava, I had heard of these names, and it basically said, the definitive guide to Italian sex and murder cinema. So, like, why wouldn't you order that? Yeah. Um, and that book became, like, the Bible for me, for Giallo, um, and to the point now where my, the copy that I have, like I'd say 50% of the pages are, um, have lost their binding and just kind of fall out whenever I open it. Um, now that book is way out of print and if you can find one, it's pretty expensive. There are PDF copies of it rolling around on the internet. Um, I have a PDF copy of that book. Yeah, it's it's such an awesome book, and it was one of those books where I, I really enjoyed it because I could look up the film, I could I could understand a little bit about what its other names were, and this is kind of before IMDb was around as well. So, um, but what I liked about the book was that he gave you a synopsis and and did not finish the synopsis, so there was no way that he was going to spoil the ending. Um, this book. Um, so sweet, so perverse, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, it's by Troy Horth. Okay. Thank you. I was trying to get that quickly. Um, this book is as good as, as blood and black lace, but it's, it, in, it's, it's kind of like blood and black lace updated for 2015 because basically, you know, a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays have come out since the publishing of that book. Um, and a lot of, um, really, really obscure and hard to find films have surfaced, um, even, you know, uh, through YouTube or through a BitTorrent or what have you. And, um, so I'm kind of, I haven't, I haven't read, like, it, I don't consider this book to be like a sit down and just read book. Um, it's more of a reference guide, um, for like, you know, but it's really cool because it's, um, it's organized by year. So you can see kind of, um, how the genre started and what films made up the genre. And, and again, everybody has an idea for what is considered to be a giallo and what isn't. Uh, so the author has to make some decisions about what films he includes, but he, he's, he's pretty liberal with, you know, what he includes. And I, th I think everybody's in the same consensus with which films go in and which don't. Um, but it's interesting. Like some of the picks, like sometimes, um, 
you see a film that uh, you don't expect to be in, and then in some cases there's films like uh, Short Night of Glass Dolls. He doesn't. It's kind of like an almost giallo because of you know there's there's certain things about that film that I won't give away, um, but they're just not typical of a giallo. And if you've seen them, you know kind of um, what I mean. Uh, even like a film like um, All the Colors of the Dark. Uh, kind of blurs the lines a little bit and I think he included that one but still uh, the book is really well done I think the only thing I would have preferred or what I, I would have liked that would have made it better is if the pages were glossy um, they are kind of more of a of a, a, a kind of stock paper um, and I understand that you know the giallo uh, the 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 whole world of of, of appreciating this uh cinema is really not uh, monetarily rewarding so I can understand why you'd probably want to cut some costs there um, if they made the book uh, a little bit more higher quality I'd probably pay the extra money for it but uh, uh, it's great it's um, I really when's like the second book come out I don't know um, I haven't seen anything on the site in a while but the second book starts in I believe 74. And goes to the present time so okay. um, you know clearly there's a lot of films that um, go from I think it's like 63 to 73 and then yeah. 74 to 2015 so I don't know you know there's there's clearly a lot more that happened in the first book uh, than the second book because you can put a lot more in that in that time range but uh, it's excellent um, I like it I'm gonna be referring to it often um, and, uh, I kind of like to have something handy to say, oh, you know, here's a film that, uh, you know, I never considered. And, um, you know, there's, there's lots of lists of Jallo films, uh, out on the internet now, but, um, it's, it's really cool to have this as a, as kind of a tome, um, that you can kind of refer to as a reference book, but it is, you know, there, there are a few articles, uh, before the, before like the survey of films starts. Um, so, and there's like a little article written by Ernesto Gastaldi. I guess he's still around and kicking and writing things. Um, so that's kind of cool. And, you know, there's a few other, uh, introductory articles about the genre. Uh, so I'm looking forward to book two and I will get it for sure. And I recommend it to everybody, um, who is into these, uh, films and who's into the, into the, um, the genre and the history of the genre. So, um, I think that's, that's about it for my book review. So go out and nice. get it. Grab it. I've heard some uh, griping about the costs, and I know the writer himself, Troy, has come out and saying, well, it's kind of out of his hands. It's a publisher thing. Uh, would you say? Would you kind of justify? Because it's, it's a little bit pricey for a paperback book, but uh, I've heard a lot of people saying it's definitely worth it. Well, it's really big. It's like an 8.5 eight by 11 size book. Um, oh, wow. So it's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a small you know, paperback. Um, and, you know, there is, I think what's really cool about the book is, you know, um, every time you put a book out about movies that existed, um, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you're eventually going to exhaust all of the kind of media that went along with them. So, and it looked like the author went to great lengths to find um, video covers and posters from each of the films, especially some of the obscure ones. It looks like you really had to hunt them down and find, like, I forget what they're called, 
um, the ones that are the one the, the movie posters that are like tall but skinny. They have a name in um, in Italy and in Europe, and I forget what their name is. Um, but uh, you, you've seen them if you've seen any like Bird with the Crystal Plumage has one, and Cat of Nine Tails has one. I think they were like you know the the the, the tall rectangular frames that are outside the theater. Uh, Al, help us, Al. 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 Um, but you know, I, to justify the cost, I mean, for me, there's, there's no need. It's, it's, what is the list price on this book? Um, I got it from, let's see, I'm looking it up now. I got it from the publisher and it was a little bit cheaper than, um, on Amazon. I think Amazon has it for maybe 40. I want to say 40. Does that sound right? Whoa. Yeah, I think the last I checked was like four or on forty-five or something. Yeah, and I think if you get it from the publisher, it's thirty, uh, but they okay. do um, charge you shipping. So if you get it through Amazon and you have Prime already, it might be like a, um, you know, you might break even either way. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, nobody nobody's doing Jalo to that to the extent that you put out a book that's that big with that many graphics in it that's several hundred pages so it's worth it to me um, to pay for it like I said if the pages were glossy uh, I would appreciate it more but it, it's not gonna it, it wouldn't have made me like I wouldn't have, if I had seen it in the store and said oh these pages aren't glossy I wouldn't have put it back I would have still gotten it so um, mm -hmm. you know I, I can understand that uh, it seems a lot but you know I have a couple of these other books uh, and I think a lot of them increase in value. I have the book um, that was done for Lucio Fulci called Beyond Terror. I forget who wrote that one. Um, but it is a very large, heavy book. And I think it was somewhere around 60 or 70 bucks. Well, that yeah. Tim Lucas book is going for a shit ton now. Yeah, the yeah, Bob Books book. on film are... Wait, not books on film, but you know what I mean. <laughs> books about books film. Books on film, sooner or yeah, later. Yeah. yeah, we seem to go for quite a pretty penny ding, 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 yeah, ding. I have a couple of Argento ones I have uh, Beyond the Darkness which is a, a big one and I have Profondo I think it's Profondo Argento or something um, they're all expensive and, and once they go out of print they go up yeah. to the hundreds but those are all hardbacks right no no they're not hardbacks they're um, <clears throat> they're really high quality uh, glossy thick pages but the the cover is not um solid on, on, on any of those so all right so there cool. it is so, so do what you will and uh, i recommend getting it and i'm looking forward to number two and i said that already so repeat myself here okay chris chris is looking forward to taking number two yeah there we go. noted down for posterity yeah out of his posterior and the posterity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess um, I realized that I think this was the episode that I was supposed to do the listener top ten of the last ten. And oh, yeah, did you get in? Because it's yeah, we had actually a ton, and I um, since it's been so long, I completely forgot. <laughs> but um, so next time. We will have that list, and I bet you it will be shocking. <laughs>
Well, it'll be kind of fitting because next time will be our first listener choice film. Yeah. That's that not picked not by us, I guess. Yeah. Listener's choice. Does anyone know what episode number we're on? This will be 31, right? Well, we're 31 minutes into the show, so might as well do it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 31 sounds right, because last show we did the top 10 of the last 10 for ourselves, yep. right? Yep, see? You guys fucking le- using logic against me. Uh, logic, context clues. Anyone <clears throat> with the elements. <laughs> yep. Speaking of logic, that didn't make any Spock died. That's mm. sad. Yeah. Bring us down again, man. Why does she wear her sunglasses on the outside of her stupid hair scarf? God. Oof. There's things <laughs> in this movie. I'm watching this movie called Forbidden Photos of a woman who did something bad and is trying to not look like it. I think we're covering that film on the show tonight. We are. Is that the French title? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it says, like, wee oui, wee oui, in the title, too, as well. Oh, so. yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm watching that in the background and I've been having <clears throat> a really hard time not yelling out things like, why is butthole face have a straw in that little tiny glass? Doesn't she realize it's not going to stand up? But, um, I've kept it to myself. Good. Thanks. <laughs> Wait, you haven't kept it to yourself. Yeah, you basically went against everything you just said. I would never do that, including now. <laughs> Something I would never do. <laughs> well. So do we have a do we have a trailer for this masterpiece? Absolutely. Um so yes, this is my pick and we can already see which way the wind blows and creeps. No, actually, you'll be surprised no. at how my wind blows, people. <laughs> I, I will let you know that. I'm going to play the trailer for the forbidden photos of a lady above suspicion, and then we will start to discuss it after the trailer. See you on the other side of the trailer. <laughs> Why do you want to do this, Dominique? Don't let it worry you. You already have enough problems. Thank you. Thank you, Dominique. Sure, they're pure pornography, Commissioner. I do what I like when I'm at my place, don't you? It was such a great pleasure that now you're coming back to pay me. You pig! I met last week. He's real wild. But what if he sold them? Be great. What publicity. <laughs> Undress. Better take her home. I'll see what I can find out. if I borrow this one? My dear, it's yours. Take it, if you like it. But where did you get it? It just came into my possession, you know. Sit down. Sit down. 
stop this or I'll bring in the police, you hear? I wouldn't advise that. I might let them hear this recording. And I would ask her for her check. Yes, photographer. Peter! Peter! That man! Look! You just got to be seven testing to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, look. You just sent me to 7-Eleven listening to that, dude. It's no, uh, <laughs> it's no secret that uh, I love the soundtrack from this film. Uh, That's it's, good. It's probably my favorite Jalo soundtrack. And, uh, and duh. And um, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't make any excuses for the fact that Part of the reason why I like the film uh, is that I'm influenced by the music. I think that uh, you know there's something to be said for the fact that if the scenes that uh, in the movie that are a bit on the slower side had uh, music that I didn't like, I probably wouldn't like the film as much. So I don't know what that even means. It sounds like some kind of crazy logic, but no, it's the same reason why. <clears throat> I like Bay of Blood now. Yeah. Because I really like that score. And I could watch the movie and be in another room and just listen to it. And I like it. <laughs> it's right. It's true. I don't think, I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but um, every once in a while, I'll go for a walk in the city and I'll put the Forbidden Photos soundtrack in my headphones. And it's just weird walking around in the city with that music in your, in your head. Um, you know, the intro theme is fine but then when you get to the you know dun 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 you're looking around and people are coming out of buildings and walking down to the subway and it's oh dear <laughs> you feel like everybody that you know like there's some kind of crazy conspiracy going on um, do they all have butthole faces no <laughs> every once in a while you run into a butthole face but yeah. not, as, not too often so I suppose uh, I'll go ahead and introduce the film. It's obviously the forbidden photos of a lady above suspicion and uh, directed by uh, Luciano Ercoli and released in 1970 in Italy. Um, it stars Dagmar Lassander, who plays Minou. And I think she was in Hatchet for the Honeymoon. And I looked and it said that she was also in um, House by the Cemetery, but I don't remember her from that. Um, I don't think she had a huge career. Um, just looked like a few, you know, 
B horror movies from the 70s that she was in. So, um, and of course we have the wonderful um, Neves Navarro, aka Susan Scott, who plays AKA. Butthole Face. <laughs> who plays Walrus Dominique? Walrus mouth. Walrus mouth. <laughs> and uh, we have um, Pierre something something. Um, let me get. That's my very name. Italian. <laughs> Pierre. They just don't uh, care. Where is he? I'm sorry, guys. Um, Pierre Paolo Caponi, who plays Peter. Catapult. And then uh, uh, Simon Andrew, who plays the man in the trench coat. I don't know that he ever has a name. Does he have a name? Does anybody Stranger know? Stranger in the dark? Yeah. Uh, what does it say? I don't know. Uh, what does. Uh... Ralph? Ralph. Who's Peter? No, it's just in IMDb, it's the blackmailer. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. So, again, just the backstory here we know that uh, Luciano Ercoli directed uh, three Giallo films, and they all featured his wife, Neves Navarro. Navarro. Uh, so kind of a promotional um, vehicle. Nepotism is what that's called. Right. Yeah. Um, and this film um, was the first of the three. And then the second one was Death Walks on High Heels and then um, Death Walks at Midnight. Or Death Does Something at Midnight. I think it's Walks. Um, and I, uh, I mean, personally, I think that this is his best one of the three um, it's also kind of the least conventional from Jalo standards um, because of the way that the plot is put together um, but uh, we'll get into that in just a second um, so um, besides it's not really a huge cast you know besides uh, if you compare it to say a film like um, My Dear Killer where we had you know 17 suspects um, this one's a little easier um, to follow the people and you actually start to I mean if you don't know that the husband's name is Peter I mean you got to be nuts because she must say his name like a 3,000 times at the end um, the screenplay written by Ernesto Gastaldi um, that soup is disgusting what soup? the soup they're eating it looks <laughs> like the porridge from Are you watching the, Alive you're watching the dinner scene? yeah dude Peace. <laughs> Why do they keep making that girl put food in her mouth? Okay. Sorry, Chris. I'm go ahead. You just mentioned the porridge from Dead Alive with the ear in it. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Dude, yeah. it's like totally grossing me out. Now I'm remembering <laughs> fish fingers from no. uh, yeah. just the yeah, swirling maybe cesspool or, or going down. I have to I have to watch um Death Walks at Midnight because maybe there's a food fetish thing in that one. I too. know, I want to see that really bad. I, I from what I remember it's really stupid, but I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I just I I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched pieces of it and fell asleep. So who knows? Maybe it's better than that. Uh, anyway, Ernesto Gastaldi. We know him. He's a big player. Uh, he's done a lot of screen plays. Uh, written a lot of scripts in the Giallo world. Um, he actually is um, credited with directing a film called uh, A Muck. I think it's called. No, not yeah. A Muck. I'm sorry. Um, Amuck is the one with Barbara Boucher. Uh, libido, that's the one. 
Uh, that is the Ernest. Uh, that is the film directed by Gastaldi in the, I think maybe '69 or '68. I can't remember. Um, but anyway, Gastaldi is a big player. He's uh, taking a lot of these um, Giallo uh, stories, some of them just kind of um, repurposed from Edgar Wallace or Agatha Christie, and turning them into um, screenplays that fit the uh, that fit the the genre. So. Um, we have, um, you know, and of course, Ennio Morricone uh, doing the soundtrack um, and conducted by Bruno Nicolai. So it's like a full cast of who's who in Giallo for this film. So what is the film about uh, Minou? Okay. Basically, we have this woman and uh, she is kind of um, helpless and bored and... Um, you know, really doesn't have much of a purpose except to wait for her husband to come home. Um, and while she does that, she has a really bad habit of drinking uh, copious amounts of scotch and uh, taking tranquilizer pills. Um, and we learn that in the very, very beginning of the film, in the opening frames, um, playing that awesome Bossa Nova song of the main theme with her voiceover talking about how she's going to quit all of her vices today and then she's going to um, seduce her husband uh, but she's going to play a trick on him and she's going to tease him a bit and all this other stuff um, and uh, so you know we are immediately thrown into this world of this girl uh, and she's very attractive um, she uh, is trying to be fashionable um, she spends the most of the opening montage of credits in the bathtub, um, getting dressed, doing her toenails, um, and then once all of that is done, she basically just kind of falls on the couch and um, says, okay, this is my last scotch, this is my last tranquilizer, and now I'm done. Um, <laughs> so she goes out for a walk uh, near the water area. We don't know if it's the beach or what, but and she's um, accosted by a man in a motorcycle who turns out to be this blackmailer played by Simone Andrew. And uh, he forces her uh, down. Um, he uses his awesome cane with a blade on the end of it. Dude, I want one of those so bad. It's a <laughs> stick knife or I, something. I knew you were going to say that. Is that legal in California? I don't Probably know, not. man. Probably not. But you can still get one. And he has a very long, awesome-looking trench coat. And I figure we'll probably talk about the fashion and uh, oh, how much... Yeah. It's gonna um, happen. How much creep either loves it or hates it, depending on which scene we're we're in. Um, but anyway, he basically tells um, <coughs> Minu that uh, her husband is a murderer, and uh, I don't. That's really all he does. He 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 clips some of the um, some of the fasteners on her top and and tries to kind of assault her sexually, but doesn't really go very far at this point, and just gives her the information about her husband and goes off. And so Minu is obviously uh, distressed. Uh, she waits for her husband to come back and they talk about it, uh, but they really don't do anything about calling the police just yet. Uh, but it's not until the next scene where she meets up with Dominique, who's played by um, Susan Scott. Uh, they're in the club and they're sitting at the table and they find out that uh, this man, uh, Dubois, who was a venture capitalist for Peter's uh, deep sea diving equipment company, um, is dead. 
And um, so now she starts to put two and two together and she starts to get suspicious. Um, and uh, she um, then is decides that, uh, oh, and she, there's a scene where she goes over to um, Dominique's house and uh, they're looking through pornographic pictures and she sees a picture of the blackmailer. Um, and so she decides to take it because she needs a reference. Um, and one of the things that we see in this film over and over again is them trying to push this idea of what's really happening and what's in Minu's mind and how much of that do you believe as a viewer versus how much of it um, do you realize is real? Uh, you know, as a viewer, are you, are, you, are you fooled by the things that are fooling Minu or are you, you know, are you smarter than Minu? Do you know what's going on? Can you figure it out? Um, but basically the idea is here is this woman who um, has a problem with uh, drugs and alcohol. Um, she's uh, in this situation where uh, she can't necessarily be trusted to know what's real and what isn't, uh, or at least she's being kind of put into a position where that's kind of kind of going to be her excuse. Uh, and um, we really start to find out a little bit more about the blackmailer when he calls and says, um, uh, you better not tell your husband or don't tell the police because I'm going to play them this tape. He has a recording of when they took this um, Dubois character uh, after he was dead and uh, covered up his murder. Um, so he says, come and meet me. Um, and the blackmailer basically just wants sex and to torture Minou. Uh, even though Minou brings him money, he doesn't want it. He throws it in her face. Um, so she... Um, she... Uh, basically gives herself over to this blackmailer in a sexual way in order to get a copy of this tape, which she then, um, in a very uh, dramatic scene, throws into the, uh, into the river now that she's uh, you know, saved her marriage and saved her husband from jail. Um, from there, they go to that dinner scene that uh, Creep was just watching. And uh, we find out that Dominique and Minou and Peter kind of have this triangle where Dominique and Peter kind of had a previous relationship. Um, so with all of that going on, you start to wonder, you know, what's Dominique's um, motives here? She has a picture of the blackmailer in her photos. She has a previous relationship with Peter. Um, and um, so things just kind of escalate from there. And uh, there's more, um, more things happen with, uh, Minu going out uh, to visit the blackmailer again to give him more money. Um, he still doesn't take it. Um, he tells her that uh, the, I think at, at one point he tells her that the tape was a fake and that Peter never murdered anybody, but now he has pictures of them and he's going to blackmail her instead of blackmailing her husband. So he kind of continues to be a blackmailer, but changes who he's blackmailing. Um, so everything kind of keeps, continues to keep twisting and twisting and twisting. And we get to a point in the story where um, we really don't know, um, uh, you know, they keep doing this thing where sometimes Minu can be seen um, as the person that actually knows the truth. And then sometimes we see that uh, things have been covered up, making her look like she's crazy uh, when she gets Peter involved. Uh, she finally tells Peter about everything that's going on and... Um, 
from there we have kind of like the final act of the film where everything is revealed and um, we find out you know what what's happening here and what's going on so um, that's probably too long of a synopsis obviously uh, <laughs> I didn't I skipped over a bunch of scenes and I didn't uh, reveal the ending yet so I figured uh, you did good <laughs> perfect time to stop and uh, have somebody else talk for a second yeah I thought you were sick man <laughs> I've had a lot of uh, lemon juice so <laughs> Yeah, that so, was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, um, like I said, I think that um, you know, we'll get into the ending, which I think is uh, pretty important to how effective the film is in general. Um, but I, I found a lot of stuff uh, interesting about the film. You know, it clearly moves at a slow pace. Um, if you're looking for, you know, kind of that whole hack and slash kind of uh, thriller a murder mystery horror film say like a uh, like a blood and not a, like a blood and black lace or even a bay of blood it's you're not going to get that from this film there's really no blood at all uh and no one really is murdered um on screen that we know of um other than in the end scenes so it's a little bit different um than the typical giallo but um i i personally really like the film i think there's a lot it has going for it, um, besides the soundtrack, obviously. But, um, you know, there's clearly a lot of weird stuff going on in the film as well. Like, um, especially in the beginning when she decides that she's going to go over after she's attacked and go to the bar and sit down with these two guys playing cards and drink five yeah. beers, um, waiting for um, Peter to arrive. But um, First time I saw that, I, it took me a while to figure out it was her. She had a wig on. Yes. I was like, who the fuck is this chick? There's lots of wig trading and trying that, on going on That's an on in interesting this movie. point, too, in this movie. Everybody kind of has different look from scene to scene, and I don't know if they did that just to be fashionable or if there was some kind of metaphorical, you know, uh, subtext going on behind the whole thing. But um, what did you guys think about... Well, I guess my first question that really I'm still hung up on is that did you guys get the impression that in the beginning they were at some kind of a vacation house? And yes. then when Peter came to pick her up, they went back to their regular house? And then they never went back to this vacation yeah. house again? I, I didn't know if she was at a vacation house or if she was at um, Butthole Face's house. Oh, yeah, that's but that had point. to have been her house because that had all her shit there. So yeah. it wouldn't have been Butthole Face's house. There was a house, picture right? of Peter, and, and they had some... Um, they had some booze. I mean, there's there's so much booze in this film. It's like an. Every it's scene. just like that room looks like the rest of <clears throat> um, Butthole Face's house because that. Well, she did have a space. thing with Peter. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Yoda's hut in Dagobah, but they just. <laughs> you know, it has like all those weird built-ins, and then it has. I think I talked about it before the the burn mark pubic hair on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. it's very like minimalist with a bunch of splashes of color everywhere. And but the thing that very artsy, the thing that threw me very off vacation. about that whole thing was, in the very beginning, um, before she goes out to get, uh, before she goes out and gets attacked by the blackmailer for the first time, we have that turtle thing happening where the turtle moves the shoes out of the way 
And then we have the turtle scene happening much later, and I don't, it, I don't, you know, it's clear that maybe they're not in the same place as they were in the very beginning. But is it the Why same is the turtle, turtle or is it just that there's turtles everywhere and they just like to push shoes around? Or maybe <laughs> everything from that first scene on is a dream. Hmm. A tranquilized dream. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting all wet in the knickers. Well. It's yeah, a turtle's duty. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty weird setup. I mean, she's got this. I'm looking at it now. Like she's putting her she's putting her boots on in front of the fire, and there's like this baby doll body with no head and hands sticking out. I mean, it could be that this is just a huge fantasy, but I mean, maybe, maybe. Well, that's what was that what the movie was trying to pull off or get the the audience to think is that? Uh, I mean, she was obviously it was it was getting kind of. A tad over the top how much they were trying to make her, you know, be that I saw him, I swear I saw him just a minute ago type of person. But at the same time, I could really see that they were trying to do some uh, guessing guessing work with her sanity because it was all about, you know, her being (coughs) drugged out drunk all the time. Well, there's so many of those. There's like the apartment that got completely, you know, it's there one minute, Uh the next minute it's gone. And then um, she sees the the blackmailer outside in the rain and then he's gone and then he's on the phone but then it's at the tone the time will be 6:45, and it's the guy with the tape recorder and you know so um there was a lot of that there was a lot of trying to paint her as um uh, a woman who's who, who can't be relied on to tell the truth and yeah. she's above suspicion that's the whole point of the the, the movie's title uh, it reminded me a little bit of the strange vice of Mrs. Ward, um, not necessarily in the same way, but um, you have this fragile female um, who's got these, uh, or, or maybe not even strange vice. Maybe I'm thinking of all the colors of the dark, where Edwin Edwin Finetch's, uh character is like she thinks she's going crazy, and the the devil uh, cult, and, you know, it's not really there, and maybe it is, or. Um, that sort of thing. That's kind of what it reminded me of. And it, it's, uh, you know, you got the same cast of characters, you got the same screenwriter. So it's not, you know, unlikely that they would kind of bring these themes up again. But um, yeah, but that, but that dart, that, that stick with the knife on the end of it is pretty cool. I was just going to say, is it just me or would you want to have a bigger blade that pops out of that stick? I don't know. <laughs> if it's like a switchblade broomstick i want like a like a lightsaber length blade i'm thinking yeah, yeah. like proportionally you're saying yeah yeah i mean that's well, like barely a butter knife it oh depends on God, if you're going to be doing like samurai right, sword right. fighting uh, a lightsaber sized blade that's that's a lot to have to maintain and take care of <laughs> too, what if it's like a darth maul stick Ooh. I want to just figure See that? what that stick is called. Al, if that's a normal thing over there, let us know. <laughs> I feel like you got to be pretty skilled to carry around a double-ended blade like that. I don't know, man. That Other could... double-ended things are okay to, you know, for the amateur to handle. <laughs> well, there, there have been some accidents. I don't know about <laughs> amateur. Um, get into that. But, like, for me, like... As much as the story, like if we're just talking story right here, 
I'm, I want to think that the story was written with a lot of like crazy ideas in mind, but I just don't feel like they panned out very well. And maybe it's a translation thing, but like the whole thing where she's like so vulnerable, but she knows everything, but doesn't know anything and all this other stuff. To me, like, I just don't want to pay attention to that and just pay attention to everything else that happens in the movie. And I don't know if it's because she's such an amazing overactor. And I'm shocked that she hasn't really done that many things because her overacting in this movie is flawless. Perfect for so, a giallo. Yeah. Yeah. And right now, Butthole Face has that like short brown wig on to make her look like someone's grandma, and I'm freaking out. <laughs> um, okay. I was going to ask you, Creep, was this like too much sensory overload for you? you? Oh, my God. Okay, here's the thing about this movie. Like, (laughs) it's not one of my favorite movies as far as like, oh, man, the story is like so crazy and blah, 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 blah. But Jesus fucking Christ, dude, every 30 seconds, different hair, different jewelry, different outfits. They're in a different place. They can be having the same conversation, but now they're like overlooking the ocean or now they're on some bitchin green fucking like Chesterfield or something like that and it's just so fucking lush dude the colors are great the fashion is just oh my god and like that we talked about it before and I've said it like a lot of times but that black dress she wears where she can't have any underwear on or nothing (laughs) like that you know (laughs) which is like the little oh my god just like there is so much beautiful stuff in this movie that, like, between the score and the fashion and most of the sets, I mean, there's a lot of that Baroque shit that I kind of don't like, but, um, like, in the scene I'm watching right now, they're standing, she's wearing this orange dress and Butthole Face is wearing a green dress and Peter's all pissed <laughs> off walking around and there's this awesome, like, green fireplace or something in the corner of the room. Yep. That's just ridiculous. And like that whole like black mesh netting that hides the phone. It's like so ridiculous and not necessary, but so (laughs) gorgeous. And the coats in this movie. I mean, I could go just on and on about how every single thing in this movie is fucking awesome. Except the story. Right. (laughs) I think the moment it hit me is when Peter came walking out of that that other place they were at, and it's all covered in ivy, and the, the mm-hmm. green is just so vivid. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's one it, of those movies. great. And, I mean, that whole little house is really cool, too. And that's why another reason why I think she was at a different place, because she was, like, on the beach or something, and that house yeah. looked like it was in the middle of a city, like, on a little tiny road. Do you think that's where Peter just sends her when he doesn't want to do anything with her? She can just not the the beach house. I mean, she like, just like when sends her there to a new toupee, and he's got to yeah. get her out of the way so she doesn't see his <laughs> what his real head looks like. Right. It seems like it's one of those kind of marriages. It's <laughs> like you go here, pop your pills, wait for me to get back. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. There's a lot of really 
creepy little mustaches in this movie too. Yeah. <laughs> if, if little tiny mustaches frighten you, then talking about the commissioner. Oh my god, dude! It's Looks like, like he nibbled on that thing a lot. Yeah. Why have that? Like the yeah. upkeep on that alone <laughs> is more than the need to have it. But like when it gets into the thing, like where they go to the dude's apartment and it's like totally cleaned out, and they're like, "Bitch, you're crazy." Yeah, she's like, "No," and they're like, "No, bitch, you're crazy." Like, that's when like you as a viewer, you're circling like, "What the fuck?" Like, is she really like batshit crazy? And so you get to the the feeling like where you're you're following someone who isn't telling you the whole truth or whatever. Right. But then as it goes, to me, I just stopped caring because everything was so awesome looking. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of at that point, too, where I was just like, I, I kind of like those things in film, but I think I've complained about it before where it's like they're going way too much, leaning too far in this direction to kind of lead us astray in who we're going to point our finger to where it just stops making sense at some point which is kind of too bad especially once everything comes into play towards the end and you're just like well that none of that stuff mattered in the end after all it, it didn't make any sense right but i you know the the other thing that's interesting is like you know when you have a a film where they're trying to they're trying to confuse the viewer that maybe what's they happening succeeded. is what, you know, maybe what's happening isn't what's really happening. Um, in this film, it was like every time there was a situation where um, Minu was put in a position where she looked crazy, they showed the viewer, um, she's not really crazy. Like, here's the guy. The guy's still here. The yeah. guy's still here. The guy's yeah. still here. And every time you thought, well, maybe this is just all really in her head, the next scene, here's the guy again. So, I mean... Uh, it was, you know, it, it when you get to the end and you realize, um, you know, what the what the motive was and what what the whole secret and the twist was, you realize um, that that was the idea. Now, I mean, obviously, Do we want to spoil it now so we could talk about it. Yeah, I mean, we might no. as well. I, I I don't think there's much more. It's like no, <laughs> I haven't not... watched it yet. Oh wait. <laughs> I do like the, uh, I did like the, um, in the, in the, I guess what, whatever we're calling their main residence, they had this garage that was like hidden, um, inside the house where the Porsche pulls out. Oh um, my God. And the driveway that kind of slopes up. I did like the, yeah. um, I did like the nightclub scene a lot too. Yeah, um, I did too. The music in the nightclub scene was awesome and the wigs and the, the, the freaky dancing and. What were they doing? Playing some kind of game with dice at the table or something like that? Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Just making it. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think they're like. I mean, unless I'm completely mistaken here, I, I think it it looked to me like someone just had some dice and they were like fucking around. Like <laughs> I, dice. Yeah, like hey, like I have a hacky sack. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> here's my Rubik's cube. I'm doing something. You never self-serve your hack. Yeah. Well, I could do all sorts of fun stuff. I'm just looking at um, Minu with the uh, with the white wig 
and the uh, the blue and pink jumpsuit with the um, yeah, it's amazing with the crazy <laughs> like hula skirt attached to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, wow. it's... Um, as far as bad fashion, the blackmailer wears some white leather pants with a string tie up on the front and back. That's never good, buddy. Before or after Labor Day. Well, no shit. There's that, too. But, I mean, he could have been walking down the street. Yeah. Someone could have pulled a string and his pants came untied and his butt falls out. That would be yeah. helpful. What's That's the danger just, you... Yeah. Yeah. You, you keep your strings in the front, sir. That's how you keep yourself safe. All right. Well, I'm going to spoil this. That. Because I was kind of complaining about the stuff not making sense. So in the end, Peter, the husband, comes in and gives this whole spiel as to why he was trying to do away with her by making her go crazy. So there we go. Dun, kind of dun. explaining that. But uh, and then it's like the whole time we're sh- they're leading us to hate this blackmailer. And I mean, when basically he was telling the truth. However, he was still acting like a total sleazeball. Yeah. And uh, so it's like, how are we supposed to feel about this guy? He's, first of all, trying to tell the truth, but then trying to get sex and money out of it. Well, no, he didn't want money. That's right. Money was for the elite rich people. But uh, uh, he, so it's like, and there were times where I really felt kind of bad for Minu. Like, I didn't show a lot sex-wise in this film, but it almost was like, reminded me of the Pajama Girl case where it's like, right. totally taking advantage of her. And I just, and then especially at the end when we found out that, they were, were kind of conspiring against her. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this poor tragic woman. But now, um, from what I remember, um, the blackmailer was hired by Peter, right? Yeah. And here's the other thing that, um, oh, so, I mean, so, so the rest of the, the rest of the ending is that, you know, the blackmailer was hired by Peter um, to drive Minu crazy um, so that she would kill herself, right? But then the way he was trying to drive her crazy was telling her basically what was happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then right. to clean up his apartment before the cops came. Well, I wonder if... Um, the real question is, like, well, did... Uh, did Peter tell the blackmailer specifically, you know, how to do his blackmailing, or did he leave it up to the blackmailer to do it? Because maybe, you know... Um, it had to have been a kind of a mix, because isn't that why he basically shot him at the end? Because he went rogue? Yeah, you don't you don't tell a chef, a chef how to cook your burger. <laughs> you know? Right. You let you let people do their job. Yeah. That's what I think, anyway. So, um... Just, unless so they you, ask him, I want my burger done. Right. It's a completely different story. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the end... Um, <clears throat> Peter has decided that uh, he wanted Minu to kill herself because he had taken out a huge life insurance policy on her. Um, but now with this rogue guy shot, he can basically just kill her and say that he found them both when he came back. Um, but at the last minute, he tries to do that, and the cops come in, and it turns out that um, Dominique is our amateur detective, for lack of a better one, um, uh, and figures out that uh, that photo uh, is the, the source of all of the information that was needed 
for her to get the cops uh, to understand that Minu was really telling the truth. Um, sure it was. And then she explains the whole thing about personal demonstrations. And uh, the, the, you know, of course the inspector's like, what? Personal demonstrations, what? Um, but I had a question, and this is really um, picking at some silly details. Let's um, do it. So, in the beginning of the film, Manu and Dominique are sitting in her house. They're looking through the pornography, and she finds... As women do. As women do. And, um, and uh, Dominique... When when Minou finds the uh, the picture of uh, the blackmailer, uh, Dominique tells her that she wrote to Copenhagen to get the photo. Um, but then at the end, she tells the police that she got the photo from Peter when the two of them went to Copenhagen. Um, so, again, I, this is really s s small detail, but um, do you think that she said that she wrote to Copenhagen to get the pornography to Minou because she didn't want Minou to know that her and Peter had went to Copenhagen together? Or is it just a flaw in the in the writing? Like, they, they changed or it so that they could the make it... Dub. Or, or the dub, yeah. Or they might be talking about Copenhagen chewing tobacco and they weren't even talking about the city. I didn't even think of that one, see? That makes no sense. I'm so glad to have you guys here to help me figure think, this stuff out. Yeah, I think she was being a little coy with Minou. Uh, she's telling the cops the truth, I, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to tell the cops everything. And I think she was just trying to hide some details from Minou, maybe for her own safety in a way, um, but as well to just have because she didn't want her to know all the gory details of their past relationship. Well, I could not be given too much credit. I don't trust um, Butthole Face with a four-foot pole with a switchblade blade on the end of it. <laughs> so I think that she was probably in on all this and then either got drunk and forgot that she was on the bad guys team or just decided that she didn't want to get busted. <laughs> mm-hmm. That could be. I mean, she was set up to be a suspect pretty early on, or maybe halfway through. Of course, too easy to pin it on her because they'd never go with the easy route. But um, I still think that maybe she had some some little part to play in this. Yeah, because she was still banging blackmailer, right? And then she was screwing the guy know. at his work. Yeah. Who is blank? Who is banging blackmailer? I thought she was at one point. Um, no. A picture of him. Because she said, she's like, he's a real wild one. Mm -hmm. You know, like, ooh la la. Which I guess she was hinting towards the fact that, I guess, what was he a male prostitute that gave sex shows or something in Copenhagen? I mean, she was having, she was having sex with the partner, right, at one point. And she like shuffled him out the door, and she's like, "Don't let me new see you here." Yeah, but that—that's—I mean, again, they throw this stuff in just to confuse the shit out of people. 
like when you're watching it, it's like, well, who's that guy? And wait, maybe, maybe he's got something to do with it because she doesn't want Manu to see him with her. And, and that rug is so pink and it's really cool, but it really clashes with everything else they have in that room. And I just want to say something to somebody about it. <laughs> you just did. Just got to get it off your chest. You told us both. Oh, there's some great ties in this movie too. Yeah, the big fat yellow one that oh, Peter's wearing. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Look at his boots. Okay, I don't understand why, how someone could put a different wig on and then look 30 years older, and then think that that's okay. <laughs> like, good God. <laughs> People respect elderly women well she looks like a whore right there but i'm gonna i'm gonna blow your guys's minds right now please after more views of this i don't know if i've just been brainwashed or what but i'm beginning to think that butthole face might not look exactly like a butthole (laughs) she looks more along the line have you guys seen sons of anarchy no Oh, no, I have Eric? Not. Oh, God no. damn it. What about Deadwood? Nope. Oh, Jesus H. Okay, well, for those of you who aren't <laughs> on the show with me, um, if you have seen Sons of Anarchy, the sheriff that had cancer and had to live in the RV and on the Teller Morrow lot, she looks like him as opposed to just a butthole. You finally had me convinced that she looked like a butthole. She kind of does. Are you going to go back on me? It's just, I don't know, man. Like, there's times, like, I want to say, like, if it was today, I would go, oh, she must have had some work done before this scene because she looks a lot more refreshed. That's true. But probably she just rubbed some hemorrhoid cream on her face and kind of just had a nicer glow about her. But her skin just looks so fucking tight. stretched across the wet fucking skull like a scrotum (laughs) or something like i'm glad she kind of let it loose a little bit later on she's a she is pretty she can be like there are parts in this movie where she's amazing looking yeah but then like the next scene it's like life alert some old lady just (laughs) fell down and she stood up looking like that yeah I don't know. But then, talking about the pea soup scene, oh. there's some other assets of hers that are on display. What some, other assets? Some close-up scenes of her lifting her spoon up. Oh. Oh, you're just looking at the soup, I guess. <laughs> what should I be looking at? Weren't her bosoms on pretty much on full oh, display? Oh, well, yeah, but like she had those pictures of her wonky breast implants that are all rock hard and broken okay i'm sorry i'm not trying to pick on this poor fine her boobs are are on full display in the movie after this one anyway she's got like two different striptease uh vignettes the one we did right the one we did already yeah 
Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, now I'm seeing the pants with the tie up the back and the front. I see. What Isn't you're it just disgusting? <laughs> Good fucking lord! But she's got a bitchin' phone at her place, like. Yeah. First, like it's good to be banging the director because you get all the cool shit, you get all the awesome wardrobe, you don't the vibrator to, phone. Yeah, and you don't have to live in the house with that ugly ass gold fucking headboard. Yeah, but um, yeah, dude, like that like black leather getup with the hat and the giant fucking like red glasses. It, there's just so much beautiful stuff and Chris you brought it up earlier I would seriously beat a fucker dead for that guy's coat <laughs> like no joke like that is like probably the most amazing male trench coat I have ever seen yeah it's awesome and I don't wear trench coats and I, I like it it's hard to have... sit out here and I would wear it every day <laughs> did you have a, a knife on a pole fight against him for it mm-hmm. I totally dueling, would dueling poles I would duel poles with that guy any day of the week for that coat sir <laughs> alright let's set it up <laughs> and she's reading a comic book in bed that cracks me up Yeah, the there's a lot of little kind of subtle goo- like not goofs but like jokes that I really kind of got a chuckle out of about this film that, that kind of endeared it to me a little bit um, like I think early on when he's talking about getting her to call the police, she's like, well, the police just make you fill in forms. <laughs> right. like, and she's seen a lot of geology films. She, even she doesn't trust the police. Well, I'm not trying to <clears throat> be, um, I don't know what the right word is, but it's the Italian police we're talking about here, sir. I know. That's That could be a whole scary situation. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a. What was it? Oh yeah, I wrote down this other quote when uh, she's talking to him about how she got attacked by this sex maniac, and uh, she's surprised that he's still, you know, fond of her. And he says, "Well, would you still love me if I was raped by an Amazon?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, "Oh, Peter, don't, oh, yeah. don't choke, don't choke like that." Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Chris. But the other thing, too, um, like, you brought up Strange Vice of Miss Ward, and it's like, you know, like, these people get typecasted, you know? And it's like, whenever I see that dude, I just automatically assume. It's like seeing a priest in a movie, you know? I'm which, like, oh, he did it. Which dude, Peter yeah. or the other guy? Yeah, Peter. Oh, okay. Peter is a bastard of a man. But he is. I really did not like him at all. Wasn't he also? No, he wasn't. Was he? He was. He was. That. He was in the fucking perversion story, right? He oh, was, was the he? brother, wasn't he? No, I don't think so. I'm trying to remember what else he was in, because he he was Edwidge's husband. No, he was not. And Miss Ward. No, he, he was not. What? It was uh, a different guy that looks just like him. <laughs> I heard he was the police superintendent in Cat of Nine Tails. Yes, he was, definitely. Okay, so now we're just going bonkers crazy here. So you're trying to tell me that this guy with the same crappy comb over is not the guy from Miss Ward and from Perversion Story? 
Correct. Oh, dude, now my mind's been blown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. I can look it up real quick. Uh... At some point, I just stopped trying to guess, and I, I just have to look it up. You because... guys have to go to, like, the same, like, place to, like, get their hair and face done and yeah. their suits well, made. I mean, the, the men in, in these films... They don't stand out as much as the women, obviously. I mean, the women are the centerpiece. The men just, they have that very generic look, mustache, comb over. I mean, yeah. I, I guess that's kind of... The, the, guy, you know. the guy from Strange Vice was also the guy in Perversion Story, but it's not this guy. Wow! <laughs> You're close. But this is the guy from Cat of Ninetales. The guy this from is, Cat yeah. Nine, the Cat of Nine Tails guy is the guy in this movie. Oh my gosh, dude. Mind blown. <laughs> I guess that tells you what I stare at when I'm watching these things. Yeah. Well, there were three guys in Mrs. Wart. There were um there was George There was Hilton. Ivan, George, and that dude. There was George Hilton who was like the love interest. Yeah. Then there was Ivan Razumov who was the, the Who was awesomer than shit. The 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 previous like um abusive lover who was they think was you know the murderer and then there was neil who was the husband yeah and let's not ruin that movie because that's the that's the last one we have left right sacred cow <laughs> that's our sacred well, we have case that's of our the, sacred fennec we have case of the scorpion's tail too but fennec isn't in that that's yeah another uh george Mart Hilton piece. that's another martino film Anywho. Anywho. Wow, my mind is just blown. I, I'm <laughs> glad I'm listening to this show right now because I learned something. We're educational. Yeah. So good stuff. So so does everybody so what do you guys think? Is this a is this a film that you would watch again? I would watch it over and over again for the fashion and the um, design. Even though her house is pretty much shit. Yeah. Is her house the pink carpet? Yeah, but like just the furniture in her house is god awful. Oh, and he oh, yeah. threw his stick with the knife in it. Oh, and he's twirling on the phone. This guy is just cooler than anything. Yeah. And he's the dear best friend. The high heels, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I know I'm... He's the Frenchman. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. From Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I came away liking this movie. I'll definitely give it another rewatch. Of course, for the fashion and the colors and the music. Um, but also, I think... I thought it was a pretty interesting kind of character. Uh, the story maybe is a little thin, but looking into the characters, you can kind of make your own story. I mean, you've got Minou's uh, trying to become Dominique in, in a way, like she mentions at the beginning. She wants to become sexier for her husband and and everything, but uh, she just doesn't have the the vast too much of a head. What's that? <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead. She uh, she doesn't have she she's too much of a head case to to be able to withstand that kind of a lifestyle as we see you know Dominique's very very strong and opinionated and can hold her own whereas Minou just dwindles down this 
this hole that she can't get out of. So I, I thought that was interesting to kind of watch that duality play out. But uh, yeah, I think it's something I would check out again. You are right. This guy's head is way longer than that other dude's head. <laughs> Why'd you think so? No, seriously. Upon further inspection, this guy's head is longer. So, yes. I I admit my folly. You what? finally come around? Oh, yes. creep. I don't... I don't. I can't believe you didn't notice the pinball machine in the movie. Did I you did. No, did you notice it? Okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell what it was though. Yeah, you can only see it from the side. But what? I yeah. mean, do you, what did you guys make of that scene where she goes up to the top of the construction building and then it it's, looks as if it's she's just gonna... another thing where they have all these great locations and they're like, it doesn't matter what we do, let's just go shoot something <laughs> and we'll make it fit. And that's yeah. what's so brilliant about these things because. When you do that over and over and over again, all of a sudden your movie just looks like it's worth a million bucks, even though it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, she was looking at the water because that's where the tape was, right? And she was like, my God, down there somewhere, that tape that I dramatically threw in the water, was that her thing? I don't know. No, I, I don't know. She, she went to Peter's building and she she went up to the top floor and she looked over the side <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing now because the next scene is, is butthole face with the grandma wig on. <laughs> Isn't it awful? It's so funny. <laughs> and she's got this cup of tea. Here you go. Here you go. Have a cup of tea. It's almost nap time. Did anybody else notice that even though there's so much booze in this film, there's not one J&B bottle? There is in the, um, when they're at the club. There is? walking by behind her as soon as the oh, scene starts. No shit. It's right. on the, um, I'm almost 100% here. I, I did get people's heads confused, so you might want to check. Yeah, that's awesome. But right when the scene starts, <laughs> there's a waiter walking behind her with a tray of drinks and bottles on it. Okay, well, you know, it might go from a 77 to a 78 if I can find it. Uh-oh. Are we looking for it right now? Is that what we're doing? Well, I'm I'm doing that, but you guys can talk can, amongst yourselves. Can guns really fit comfortably in the front of a jacket? I guns? just think they would like kind of fling around and be yeah. awkward in there. But you like, just got to know how to do it. I guess you got to be an expert at it. Creep, what did you think when she got out of the bathtub and she still had a bunch of soap on her legs, but she was just going to continue walking out? That annoyed me to no end, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. So. <laughs> you have to get soap off of you or else you will itch. Everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah. Idiot. She's so preoccupied with that goddamn turtle. Does the wipe turtle off the goddamn soap. <laughs> See, in this, at the end of the movie, um, where <laughs> Naveen Butthole is in her black coat with the boots and she runs into her aid or whatever. She looks great, mm -hmm. but there have been so many scenes in between here and the black dress with no sides that, I don't know, actually the light hit her face. Now she's looking kind of scary. By <laughs> the darkness of that scene, it helps. Oh, and the sleeves on that shirt are disgusting. Put the yeah. coat back on, lady. Ugh. <sighs> <sighs> oh. But man, that Fire. fireplace is amazing. I want to like get naked and rub myself on it. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, did Anyhow. you find the bottle? 
I, I think I see what you're talking about, but you can only see the top of it. I don't. I didn't see the label. Uh, can you make out the label? Nah. 77.5. The label has to be vis visible. There's oh. a lot of shivis in this bad boy. Yeah, totally. Wait, what about that table? Is there a J&B on there? I don't think... I was looking at that table. Dude, little mustache guy, get your fat ass out of the way. I'm right? Just, look at this. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. You've got a giallo score to maintain. God, <laughs> for someone with such a little mustache, his ass is huge. <laughs> He's got to overcompensate. Wait, undercompensate? Wait, on the bottom of the table... I don't know, man. Listeners. Listeners. You can tell us. Maybe J&B is considered to be like lower level quality, and in this movie they wanted to be like... Well, it is out here for sure, but maybe yeah, there it's... it wasn't. Maybe it not. hadn't hit the boom yet. Like Shivas. It's not on the top is... shelf of a bar I was at recently. Uh... That's probably oh. just because no one drinks it, so they had to find a place to put it. <laughs> It's not top shelf anymore. It's just on the top shelf. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that guy's dusty. is ridiculous, dude. Oh, it's so weird. Like, this house bothers me. I almost feel like it was staged. <laughs> because so much of the furniture is shit. But then there's so many cool items in there. That, like, saying do it? not match at all. And someone with a house that fucking nice, I would assume, would want... To have some kind of symmetry with their, yeah, like decor. It's like, I don't know, man. So you're saying that in a film they did some set design. Well, I'm assuming that in these movies, especially, most of the beautiful houses they're at belong to either the producers of the film. Or the distributors of the film. Oh, and they just put up a bunch of knickknacks in this one? No, I think... I don't know what it is, dude. Like, the furniture just looks... Yeah. Like, it's... Like, they they went to, like, a flea market and got a bunch of cool stuff. And then yeah. just tried to all fill it in a house. It's like, you have a pizza, and your pizza is good because it's pizza. <laughs> but if you put, like, cheesecake, bacon... And um, toast on your pizza. All of those things are toast. good, but why would you have all of that on a pizza? It's yeah. overkill, and it would taste weird. That's what this house tastes like to me. Okay, it tastes I get like, it. I get you. It tastes like toast on pizza with cheesecake and pineapples. I like pineapples on my pizza, sir. Right, but, but that um, dress she has on tummy bears. Someone fucking puked on her at a fucking Easter egg factory. <laughs> yeah, are you, look, are you at the are you at the end scene? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I'll rewind it and let's let's start over. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we missed the first half of what everyone was wearing. Oh, I didn't. Oh. I was just trying to keep my cool did a good job sir i tried yeah maybe we should do right. like a uh a, a watch in real time podcast one time where we tell everybody to to we press play at the same hangout. time we'll, then, we'll do it on google hangouts it'll be live on youtube and then we and can people do like could comment and we could just trash everything we could do a mystery science theater thing yes we're about as qualified 
I I believe we could be. For Jalo, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I'll say we are. Why not? I'm about as qualified to critique this film as the guy was who came up with the plot twists in this film. <laughs> well, the trick is, you can't just pick a middle-of-the-road one. Or even, you know, obviously a good one. We need to do the bloodsucker leads the dance. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm down. <laughs> or eyeball. Let's do eyeball. Oh, let's do dun, it. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. Yep, that's it. So, um, to bring us back to real people land, um, what is the movie we're doing next? Well, drum roll, Eric. Oh, no, I'll do the drum roll. You, you say it. Okay. I say it. We plan this out, people. Yeah. All right. We're pretty professional here. Well, before uh, Creep's scenario with Facebook went down, and he, I think he's still wrangling with that in the courts yeah. right now, but uh, so his poll was taken down as a result. But we I did. Dagger in it. Yeah. We, we were able to at least get a little bit of a taste of what you all are wanting us to cover next. And I think from a, a wide margin, New York Ripper ran away with it. So Full is back on the show next time yeah and then we'll have to try to figure out what to do after that in case you didn't know we're going to be singing the score next week instead of talking about the movie so definitely we're going to talk about that treat dog yeah that poor poor dog Fulci hates dogs. Apparently, he does. So I, yeah. So what? So what do you guys want to do? Do we want to put the poll back up? Try try it again and and try well, to. We I think we remember all the movies that were on the poll. I mean, it, it, it'll make everyone really happy. But um, we had to wrestle Eric off of Footprints on the Moon. He wanted <laughs> to do that one next. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm just trying to give, you know, it's the, it's the listener's poll, and someone out there wanted to see Footprints on the Moon, so I'm trying to give them a voice. I mean, there was also um, the Red Queen Kills Seven Times, Seven Blood Saint Orchids, So Sweet, So Dead. That's what that's called, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I keep getting that confused with the book. And the bat. the bat. The bat, For yeah. on Gallup one. The bat, yep. Yeah. That's another so, one. Gotta... We remember, and I think the best way to do this is to just surprise the shit out of everybody. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll have those titles in mind, but no particular order from after New York Ripper. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. So we won't tell them at the end of the show? We'll just, it'll just be... No, we can tell them at the end of the show, I guess. What the but they're be. not going to know which, what's, what's going to be. Yeah. Like in the past. Know. When, you know, yeah, we, we do like so. a three thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is just horribly confusing. Yep. But that's okay. Uh, we like it that way. Let's start over. So we Act like we haven't done a podcast in a month. No. <laughs> <sighs> well... Well, this was a long um, one, you guys. Uh, it was a good discussion. Yeah. I like the I, film. I do like this movie, and I think if you haven't seen it yet, you should watch it for sure. Agreed. Eric, Eric's Agreed. like, mm. 
All right. So without, no, it's, it's like that. It's sorry, on that sorry. border. You know, it's 1970. So yeah, if you're looking for something super sleazy or gory in the giallo scene, this might not cut it. It's kind of on that line where it's still pretty me inspired. Like you said, uh, he was inspired by a lot of Edgar Wallace types of stories, Agatha Christie. So that's where this falls. So if that's your jam, like check if, it out. if you like Case of the Bloody Iris, like the yeah. fashion in that, and if you like, um, what's a good example? Um, if you like, well, if you like that and Strip Nude for Your Killer, like the looks of those, you'll really like this, I think. Yeah. Right. But, but this film is definitely not tongue in cheek like those other two. No. Those other two are like are like it's fun party films. Planted firmly somewhere else. Yes. Right. The butthole. But yes. <laughs> See, I'm learning. Yeah, we're good. We got this. Hey, what'd you get? Huh? Ding. Yeah, I forgot to turn my phone off. I'm That's sorry, guys. You. All right. So, uh, if anybody has anything we else to some, say. Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I, guess I was just wondering if we'll people's getting some selfies. Yeah, I have Thanks. a selfie here. S- some weird guy from Copenhagen's taking him with me. He, he's a he's a real go getter. He's a real. Uh, he's really well built. Yeah, those photos sound forbidden. A lot of chest fur, um, but also. Uh, so we're gonna do the next show in seven weeks. Is that is that about right? Like twelve. Yeah. yeah, I think that's cool. the general progression. As long as we can keep it steady like this, this, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my beacon is clear. I'm good to go from here on out. Oh, he must have got a colon cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, New York Ripper, eh? Yeah. Hey. Uh, we, we will uh, play you out. Oh, and I will also have the top 10 of the listeners' last top 10. All right. Next time. I'm going to go get my Susan Scott cleansed. (laughs) (laughs) To play us out, uh, we are going to hear the trailer from New York Ripper. Thanks, everybody. And ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. She's got on silk. Nah. <laughs> she like her don't wear nothing, right? <laughs> hmm? Oh. I was wrong about the bank.
she sure wants to go for a little ride. Somebody called for you. Yeah, who? The guy with a strange voice. Said he'd call you back. He sounded just like a duck. Just like a duck? The guy who attacked her is our friend who calls and talks like a duck. Well, he's made his first big mistake. Yeah. Anyway, we've got all five boroughs alerted. We'll also inform all the radio stations. Shouldn't be too hard to find a guy missing two fingers in his right hand. Poor dumb cop. <laughs> you don't think I'm missing I was to let you pinpoint me with your stupid tracing machines, do you? the next victim. So you think he'll do it again? Oh, yes. He used a very sharp knife, rammed it into her vagina, and hauled up on it as hard as he could. A little hasty, but as butchery goes, perfectly effective. Vagina. Uh, my cop and we're eventually going to have to do something here. 